Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, you ham and eggers. How are you guys doing? This is week nine of post-game narrative. This is your host, Yahweh Zaza, about to drop some sports knowledge and all type of knowledge on you guys. You know, this is a really good week for your boy. You know, out here, we got some new people following the podcast. You know, not not going to say too much on it, but we out here doing our thing right now, ladies and gentlemen. Ah. <sighs> this by myself it's been a little a little nervous wrecking but we getting through it you know shout out to my boy Kofi you know I know he's here with me you know he can't can't speak on it but you know I know he want to talk on some of these topics that we got going on but <sighs> the week my week was good you know I didn't really think that Governor Murphy was really going to comment on old school uh, school area where he talked about that the fact that he doesn't like that the South Orange kids can't fucking dress up for Halloween. First of all, this is not the hill you want to die on. Most of those kids in that school system can't even spell the word fucking costume. But you're going to sit there and be like, they can't dress up. Not the fact that your teachers are underpaid. Not the fact that um, a lot of that schools are, are very, well, poorly conditioned. Like, the floors are terrible. Listen, it looks like a school definitely from the 1940s. Like, God, this is not the topic you should be willing to die on. Halloween. It should be how can we go in there and make that school system better. Because South Orange has a lot of money. But it seems like they are putting their money towards other things, which is always usually the case. But, you know, who am I? I'm just a lowly person just working in the system and education. Seems to be the cause for a lot of us, and you know, especially as a man of color, there's only so much I can talk about before I get in trouble. But I'm gonna say it here because it's my podcast, and I don't give a fuck what uh, South Orange people have to say. If they don't like it, kiss, kiss the ring. But ah, sports world, how are we feeling today? No, no, no. Before I get into my topic, can we talk about? <laughs> The city of brotherly love. (laughs) I have never seen a city come as close to winning and being complete choke artists as the city of Philadelphia. Listen. listen. (laughs) This This is great. I love watching Philly lose because their fans are passionate. Their fans think they're so great. I remember a week ago. Phillies fans chanting, yo, we don't like us. No one cares. We're going to the World Series. You're up 3-2, and you lost. You lost. You had two games back-to-back at home, and you lost. Does it sound <laughs> Does it sound familiar? Because guess what? The Sixers did that in the NBA playoffs. Listen, listen. If the Sixers were a man, they couldn't finish the job if they fucking wanted to. Let's call it spade to spade. Like, guys... My Philly fans, I know you guys are feeling it, and you guys are going to be like, we have the birds. They're going to do the same thing they do every year. They're going to build you guys up, and then they're going to get there, and then they're going to lose it just like they always do. Remember last year in the Super Bowl, you guys were up. What happened? Jalen Hurts fumbles, kicks it right to the Chiefs player. It's a whole different ball game. Listen, I can't wait to go down to Philly. I'm going to Philly in like two weeks, and it's going to be so refreshing to 
see the smug attitude just out of that city in Philly. Because they were smug. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't do this. If the Phillies had gone to the World Series, the Phillies are good and the Eagles are good. Nah, that, that town, the, the era smug that's going to be in the era of Philly would have been a little too much for my, for my heart. But to know, <laughs> this has happened to you guys two years in a row with Philly. I love it. You guys deserve nothing. Nothing. I love seeing Philly lose. Because guess what? If I have to hear about the Phillies or the Eagles winning anymore, I might throw up. And guess what? The Super Bowl, it's been a long time ago. You guys are kind of getting to that point where you can't talk about this anymore. All right? Listen, I'm tired of the Tom Brady jokes. You got It's old. You lost. <laughs> Yo, this is this is so beautiful. I can't wait to see my um Eagles and Philly fans. I can't wait to see you guys in the next two weeks. But anyway, speaking of choking, listen, Chargers fans, if you guys do not riot and get rid of Doug Staley as a coach, you guys will be mediocre for the next year. I can see it now. be an offensive coordinator, he can be a defensive coordinator somewhere, but listen, you're wasting Justin Herbert's career, and don't get me wrong, a lot of this is on Justin Herbert. He doesn't win big games either. Like, we need to start having these honest conversations about a lot of these quarterbacks, because I get it, we love the skill, he's 6'4", six, he's six, he has the arm, he has the look, but he doesn't win big games. And I think we need to start calling that out. When they lost in the playoffs last year against the Jaguars, that should have been right there. Either you fire Brandon Staley or you move on. Or you have to seriously look into your team and be like, yo, Herbert, you really want this? Because, listen, that team is stacked offensively. You have a bunch of stars on the offensive side. But Brandon Staley, you're a defensive coach and your defense fucking sucks. You can't stop anyone. I've literally watched teams go up and down the field on you. And I'm like, what do you do? The Cowboys, who had struggled all year in the red zone, they come to your stadium and terrorize you. What are we talking about? The Chiefs. The Chiefs, who have struggled in the red zone, face you guys, all the red zone problems go away. Patrick Holmes, who has not had the best season, he plays you guys, he shoots back to the top of the list. Brandon Staley, okay. Sometimes not job, every not every job's for someone, everyone. But you should be, you should have been fired after that playoff loss. And I hate doing this because if this was a black coach, we would have been gone. And we can sit here and lie to ourselves all we want. Brandon Staley was a black coach. He would have been fired after that playoff game. And I've seen too many coaches get a longer leash because of the pigmentation of their skin. And it's not fair because he does have a good quarterback. But like I said, I don't know where Justin Herbert is. His record is very misleading because he 
has a below 500 um, has a below um, win loss, but his numbers look good. But that's what shows me sometimes a lot of his numbers are stat padded. So I don't really know what it is. You can say what you want about even players like Josh Allen and um, Lamar Jackson, but they have their they have their wins. Justin Herbert's still looking for his first playoff win. Like, what are we talking about? Like, these are the type of questions we need to start asking about a lot of these quarterbacks and coaches. These, like I said back in a, a, another podcast last week, these quarterback co- uh, coaching uh, tandems, some of them don't work. You need to change it up. But speaking about quarterbacks, Brock Purdy. Listen, I know everyone got on our favorite Unc Shannon for saying that Brock Purdy is assistant quarterback, but Listen, that game against the Vikings showed me everything that he is. He is good when everything's going well. When everything ain't going well, you see the mistakes start start to pop up. He didn't have Debo Samuel. Mm, he relied a little too much on um, Christian McCaffrey, and I get it. He's one of your best players. You got to rely on him. But you do still have talent. You have uh, Kittle. You have to go. You have to feed. All these people. Brandon Ayuk, he literally went away from that. He went to check down. I'm like, you're not going to beat. And guess what? The Vikings are still a good team because they were killing them in the first half. The 49ers going to defense, they weren't there. So you needed Brock Purdy to step up, and he wasn't doing it. And there's nothing wrong with being system quarterback. A lot of people thought Tom Brady was a system quarterback, and Tom Brady proved that he wasn't a system quarterback. He was a system. But Brock Purdy still, at the end of the day, he's an undrafted rookie. Rookie, Let's call a spade a spade. He's good, but he has Kyle Shanahan, who's made the best of what he is. He hides a lot of his weaknesses. But you got to understand, in this league, they study you. He had all that success last season, but defensive coordinators have been looking at his, they're like, oh, he does this. They're looking at you. They look at what you do. They look what you do well. Okay, he doesn't want to take anything deep. Okay, let's take that away. Let's make him do. And you see it, and then that's why they're struggling. Because they could have beat that Vikings. That Vikings team was just living off of, honestly, fan and crowd motivation. Should have beat them. But this is what happens when sometimes you are just winning all the time. You don't learn from winning all the time. You need to lose. Now they're about to face the Bengals. That's a tough test. Now you're going to really see what Brock Purdy is, and he's coming off an injury. Is he ready? I think they're rushing him back a little too fast. I get it. You want to win. But if you just put him out there and he gets hurt again, now you're going to be without him for two weeks, and now you're going to be like, okay, maybe you should have rested him. Brock Purdy's good. I get it. I get what you guys did during the offseason when you got rid of Trey Lance, and I think he's the guy. But it's okay to admit that, hey, the system has helped him. And the system is a lot of quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. This is why sometimes when I hear Cam Newton talk, Cam Newton's like, there's not 32 quarterbacks better than me. That's true. But are you good in their system? Could Cam Newton come into the 49? That's what that's what I say. Sometimes the system, don't take it as a knock. Like sometimes, like I hear a lot of 49ers, oh, it's a knock. It's not a knock. It means he's good. He just needs that system to boost him to really meet his full potential. And that's that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, we'll see how he does tomorrow. We'll see how he plays. I hope he's really healed. I hope he gets through all the clear concussion protocol on Friday. I want to see what he does. 
But this is a big test facing the Bengals because Bengals, they're coming off a bye. They won a really big, big game. So you got to see. Joe Burrow's starting to kind of – he's a little healthier. You're going to see what you got. But going to good news for your boy. <laughs> you see, Patriots fans, it's still going to be a long season. But you see what Mac Jones, MJ10 can be when he has – Hoodie man, hoodie man, Bill Belichick. If you don't do anything good in your life, I know you signed your little fucking extension, so now you're fucking happy. You don't think you have to do anything, but you owe it to MJ10 to get him a fucking weapon. You have literally given him nothing. Who's that game winning touchdown to? A fucking tight end. We need fucking receivers. You have receivers. Can't catch passes when Mac Jones drops it in the hands because they only got their fingertips on him. Devontae Parker, I I wish ill will on you. Not that type of ill will. Like I hope you have a loose shoelace in a in a in a practice or something like that. I don't really do petty, but we can't win like this. And don't get me wrong, this is kind of where I feel about the Bills. They play down to the competition because honestly, there's no reason why the Patriots should have been. Besides home field advantage, you guys have beaten us so much, so I don't really expect the Patriots being Bills. But that goes against what Sean Bader is doing for his team. He's having his team always play up, they play down. They play up, they play down. But my boy Matt Jones, game-winning drive. Can we talk about that? The, when I saw the Bills were up 25-22, I was like, but then he threw it to Kaseki to win the game. Listen, listen, I know we're not going to make the playoffs. But if the Patriots can make a playoff push, that's all I want for. That's all I want. And go get Mike fucking Evans. Please go get your boy MJ10, a number one receiver. He deserves it. He has been saddled with fucking Matt Patricia for a whole fucking year. Bill, you don't think this man deserves to get a number one? <sighs> That's my Patriots uh, rant for a little bit. Uh, but speaking about uh, ranting, NBA season started. Um, you know, we still have some uh, major issues going on. And once again, my favorite city, the city of brotherly love. Y'all got another problem. James Harden. Kicking James Harden off like, guys, listen, you do understand you're kill, killing his trade value. Just, and I get it. He's petty. You want to be petty. But he is a player. You have to trade him. You're not going to get high value for him if you treat him like this. Because you know what the other teams see? You don't want him. So when that happens, they're going to give you less value for him. And remember, he only has a year left in his deal. Who's going to give him that type of money? I understand James Harden. He called out your GM. He called out, I don't want to play for the Sixers anymore. But if you had played ball a little bit, you could have gotten something for him. You probably could have gotten a Drew Holiday for him or something like that. Drew Holiday is 
about to retire. You could have gotten something for him, but I just feel like no one handled this well. And the thing is, you guys don't handle a lot of these situations well. You did the same thing with Ben Simmons. Handle that bad. I understand. I think players have a little too much movement, but at the end of the day, the t- companies and the teams are still going to do what's best for the, the team. So James Harden is like, why can't I do this too? But James Harden, you got to understand, this, this is three years in a row. You've asked to be let go, to be traded from a team. You got to understand, you as a player, you only have so much wiggle room. Older now, a lot of people don't think you're that guy. You've lost a step. How many times are people gonna put up with your nonsense? You honestly have to take a look within yourself and be like, "Hey, do I really want this? Is this what? I, is this what? I, is this what I'm gonna do? Every year I'm gonna want to be leaving the team. It doesn't work out. I want to go. You want to go to the Clippers? What happens if the Clippers thing don't work out? You're gonna want to. You're gonna want to leave the Clippers too. You just seem like you don't know what you want. Your, your brain scattered. That's why you're trying to go to every team. You're trying to see, oh, the Clippers. I'm like, what, what the Clippers really have? You don't understand that situation. Kawhi may not play. Paul George may not play. They might get injured. You just want to jump into that system and then do the same thing, come up short in the playoffs, and then everyone still talks about you the same way. Like, Harden's still a Hall of Famer, but I don't want him to go down that mellow, that AI route where you kind of get weeded out the league because you can only jump so much until you jump out the league. This league, this league will leave you behind. A lot of these big leagues will leave you behind if you keep doing the nonsense you're doing. You keep causing stirring trouble. Eventually, GMs are gonna be like, "You're not worth the trouble." And I feel like the season is too long to be putting up with this. Every day we have to hear, "Oh, James Harden, he didn't show up. He showed up. The team kicked him off." There's only so much, and because you got to say Philly fans, they're they're some of the most passionate fans. They can't come back to that team because Philly fans see that they've dealt with this with Ben Simmons. They don't want to deal with this again. They're trying to win because they got to think about it. The Bucks and the Celtics are better than them. You literally have a two-year window with Embiid. You don't know when he's gonna get hurt. You don't know when he's gonna do this. Get MVP season last year. You want him to repeat that, but he can't repeat that if he has maybe his, arguably his second best player all over the place. You want to see where Maxi goes. You want to see how you can get better. And honestly, I should have gotten rid of Tobias Harris, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. So we're gonna do my favorite segment. We'll do some pepper takes where we bring you the spiciest, spiciest of takes. Listen, we love Britney back in the day. Back in 98, I remember watching Britney Spears drive me crazy. Me, I'm like, ah, oh, there go Britney. And I just remember that was that other group, NSYNC, pop. I always said Justin Timberlake got a little black in him. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the curls, but he always had a little black in him. And uh, I hate seeing Britney bring up all this old stuff because, like, she has a point. And I get it, you know. She's like, Justin uh, treated her really bad. And maybe Justin did try hard, too hard to fit in. I get it. That's why I said about the corn, about the, the little things he had in his hair. He was trying, but. 
sometimes when you try to find yourself, you go through a lot of things. And I know they dated and he treated her horribly, but Brittany, come on. It's 98. Like, I don't even remember who I was in 98. Most of y'all don't remember who y'all was in 98. They're a white group trying to fit in in prime black culture? Brittany, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, um... It's just, you know, like, I, I understand, because I, I watched her interview, and she was like, you know, Justin was doing a little too much for her, but you got to say, he was at the prime. He, that was when he started to see his ascension. That's when he knew, yo, I'm about to leave in sync. He, he had a different, he had a different atmosphere than the rest of NSYNC did. So he's trying to get into places that maybe you wouldn't get into, because at the end of the day, you're still a pop singer. There's only oh so far you can go. Justin Timberlake's like, yo, I can be making music with this person. I can be making music with this person. So he might have to take some risks. And sometimes life's all about risks. Like, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. So, like, you can't get mad at him. Was it fucked up? Yeah. But I've seen a, I've seen a lot worse. And that's why, like, I, I love Britney. But Britney, please, let's let some of this shit go. Like, sometimes as people, we try to hold on to stuff because, like, so much that it's easy to bring up other people and try to hurt other people. But like this wasn't needed. You this could have been like, hey, you know, I didn't understand where he was at that time. Instead of like trying to like land base him because he's trying to fit into black culture, like, yo, that's what was that's what was in. He's trying to fit in. He's trying to he's trying to show them like, yeah, I got some stuff too. So as much as you want to be mad at him, my thing is, did you ever take in what he was going through, what, where he was standing? And then, did you really ask, did you talk to him about this? Sometimes, a lot of this stuff is poor communication, and that's what we learn a lot in my in my job, is sometimes lack of communication starts. This is when this comes from, this is lack of communication. This could have been before our date, hey, yo, what are we doing, where, where are we going with this? And then maybe, he probably wouldn't have told you all of it, but he would have given you a heads up. And then you would have been so shocked by this to be where you are right now. And you still, we talk about almost fucking almost 15, 20 years ago, you still talking about this. Like, to me, I just think your points are valid and you should feel the way you, you're feeling. But my thing is, did you ever have an honest conversation with him at that time? A lot of this stuff boils down to communication. And I feel like, really the couple you were trying to be you guys should have known each other's goals like my thing is did you know what he wanted to do did you know did he know what you want to do it's all it's all about communication at the end of the day but um i'm hoping Brittany moves on past this justin don't really worry about it you still you still cool with me bro like you know at the end of the day but i love both of them they both they both uh from a time that we all love and the next one is Doug. Woo! Dude, they are bringing Doug back. And, and they're going to be in their 30s. Listen, when I first got the text from um, my boy Kofi, and he told me this, I was happy at first. 
And you know, I'm texting people and I'm like working with my kids. I'm like, yo, they bring Doug back. And my kids are like, who the fuck is Doug? So I was like, okay, first of all, I gave him extra homework because of that shit. Because how dare you disrespect Doug in front of me like that? Doug was the guy who every guy has been in that point in that one point in their life where you're trying to get the girl, don't know how to get, you don't know how to talk to her, but you got that cool ass friend who says a lot of bunch of nonsense, but you never get what he's trying to say, but it makes sense at the end of the fucking day. My boy Skeeter, man, yo. But it just brings me back, like, are we doing a little too much? Like, every 90s show does not need a remake. For me, I would have just liked a final Doug season, and we could have went about there, because I remember when they went from Nickelodeon to ABC, that's when it kind of tripped me up, like, because I was like, I don't know really know where we're going with this show. I still watch it. Don't get me wrong. I still watch it, and I loved it, but it was a little too much for me. Like, the animation was different, and I was just like, okay. It lost what made it great. It was still good, but, like, Nickelodeon, though, was peak. It's peak television. I think I would just really wanted another season of Doug without... I don't really want to see Doug going through the problems I went through. I'm going through right now. He was already kind of a social awkward kid. And then it's like, I see you be a socially awkward 34-year-old. I'm good. It's kind of grown out past that point. Like, I'm very extroverted. I kind of, like, reach out. Like, don't get me wrong. There'll be some things I'll... Honestly, the show I really want to see is Ned Declassified as, as older people. That motherfucker could help me right now. Doug can't help me as a fucking uh, 32-year-old. I'm sorry. I Listen, I love Doug. But it's like if you made a Rugrats older show. Fuck, I don't, I don't want to see Tommy doing some bullshit. Like, he's married to Kimmy talking about, like, no, bro, it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. Then then he got, he's married to Patty Mayonnaise with kids. I work with kids. I want to see more kids. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I understand how marriages work, bro. I talk to married people. A lot of motherfuckers aren't happy. But, um, I like it for the idea. I don't really need to see every 90s show have a remake, a reboot, or like, oh, we're doing this and we're going to make them your age. Because you got to understand, like, how much are we gonna sit down and really watch it? Like, we might watch the first couple of episodes, but you gotta say, I don't wanna watch more trauma. I don't wanna watch someone going through what I go through on an everyday basis. To me, that's not uplifting. To me, that's honestly like, damn, motherfucker got paid bills too? Right, turn this shit the fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I love, I love. My 90s shows growing up. I loved all of them. I don't need to see remakes of all of them. Certain ones, maybe. More, I want to see the last season being filmed and like me getting closure than you opening up a new box of worms with another new remake. So, for me, that that's okay. And our last paper take, this Dwight Howard situation. Listen, As people, we're way too invested what people do in the fucking bedroom. And I get what Mace said. Mace is like, yo, it's 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 prevalent because that your job wants to know like what do you do when you're back 
See, when it comes to the NBA, they should be worried. We shouldn't. Listen, Dwight Howard has more money than I'll ever make in my life. I don't really give a shit what he does. I'm trying to tell you all the time. Rich people are going to do rich, weird people shit. We don't have money to do rich, weird people shit. <laughs> like, listen, you cannot do what Dwight Howard does. It's okay. Dwight Howard, not going to lie, a lot of these allegations make you sound fucking weird. as shit. But guess what? A lot of us got shit we do in the dark that we don't bring out either. So, my nigga, go ahead, bro. Like, if that's what you want to be, go live your life. I, I honestly think the only people who should care about it as much as they should are your the people who are your employer because they need to know. They need to know like what are you doing so this shit doesn't pop up on them. Because now, why would they sign you when you got all this shit going on? This is why you had to go to Taiwan for a bit because. Like, as much as people don't understand, when the NBA signs you, you pretty much are their investments, and they follow your ass around. They know what the fuck's going on. And that's what showed to me, Dwight Howard could still play, but they were hearing rumblings. When there's smoke, there's fire. So there was something going on that they were hearing. They're like, we want to give him a chance, but there's too much noise going around, going on with you. And especially, it comes at the NBA, the NFL. NFL, when it's too much smoke, you're not worth the risk. And you're older too, so it's like for them, they're like, yo, you got your ring. And you, you got your ring, you're older, and you got noise behind you, that's three, that three red flags, and never going to sign you again. So Dwight, live your life, bro. I know you want to talk about I saw him on a, a podcast. He didn't really want to answer it. I, I really don't like when fans uh, like podcasts ask weird questions like that because now You've potentially shut down a very good interview because you want a you want a hot take. You want a, you want a got you moment. Like, yo, chill. Like, that's not that's not your that's not your way. Like, don't do that shit. That shit honestly irks me. And speaking of that, um, Sasha Banks, she just had an interaction with fans. My problem with fans is why do you guys always think you have access to every part of uh, the person you pay to watch? not your thing. And I hate when people are like, oh, but she's a jerk. She, her lifestyle is not something I would ever want to be a part of. If I have to wake up and travel all over the place and then I have fans in my face at 6 o'clock in the morning asking me stupid ass questions, guess what, I'm going to give you a smart ass remark too. You want to be dumb? I'll meet you there. And everyone's like, oh, she's rude, she's this. I was like, wrestling fans are some of the weirdest fans that I've ever been among. They're corny as shit, don't give people space, and then when they, and then they get mad when wrestlers are like, oh, I don't want to fuck with you. Oh, but I paid $25 uh, so you can sign my shit. I'd be like, and I'm telling, I'm giving you 25 bucks to so go fuck off. Because that's how, honestly, if I was a wrestler, if I was a wrestler that's how I'm talking to you. Come disrespect with me, get the fuck out of my goddamn face. Sasha Banks has every right to do what she did to some of those fans. You're asking really questions that ain't got nothing to do. That's above your pay grade. You don't need to know how WWE treated her. You don't need to know if she, if she liked where she was in the company. You don't need to know if she liked the way the company was putting her. That's none of your fucking business. Yo, if she wants to bring it up, if she wants to talk about it, cool. 
why the fuck do you think you have access to that? And that's the problem with fans. I heard some of these podcasters, oh, how dare she do that? My nigga, that's none of your fucking business. Stop being in people's business. This is the problem with rap. This is a problem with wrestling fans. They want to be dirt cheap spoilers so fucking much. Yo, chill the fuck out. It's not your business. This is why they call y'all marks. All the fucking time, y'all always looking for some shit. It's why I can't fuck with them. Like, we always looking for something. You want to be in the know. You want to be cool. It's always good to be like, oh, I asked Sasha Banks the question because she liked WWE or not. Like, yo, you a loser, bro. Go sit the fuck home. Go. Because guess what? You will talk about it on your Twitter. You're going to be like, oh, Sasha Briggs cursed me the fuck out. And then you're going, I ain't got time for that type of shit, man. Like, wrestling fans to me are weird. I'm kind of happy for the way WWE's been going. But I just know those fans are there. And that's the thing that makes me not really want to go to, like, um, shows when they're in Newark or New York City. Because you deal with those type of fans. You're going to hear... I saw the Prudential Center. Like, oh, I, I want to get them mad. Like, why? Like, they just came here to do their job. Your thing is to go looking to antagonize them? Nah, get the fuck out of here. Like, you got to understand, it's not for you. It's not for you. But anyway, fuck all that. Your boy went 3-0 and in his MVP picks last week. Woo! Don't call it a comeback. And we trying to go 3-0 and this week. Give you Kofi's picks because you know we always start off like that. I don't want to break tradition because I feel like this is my lucky mojo. Kofi got the Cowboys over the Rams, he got the Vikings over the Packers, and he got the Jaguars over the Steelers. What I got is I got the Jaguars over Steelers because I think the Jaguars have kind of hit their stride, and this is the part of the year where I'm not gonna. Um, Blonde hair boy with the stupid long hair finally gets going. Trevor Lawrence and he does a little stupid shit. I'm going with the Ravens over the Cardinals because I think Lamar kind of signs a lot of Curtis last week. The way they played against that Lions team, who a lot of people thought was going to represent the NFC or in the in the Super Bowl, or they at least thought that Lions were going to win, go to the NFC Championship. They brought the Lions back. I don't know what it is about their offense. I still don't think their offense is the best I've ever seen it. But for what it is right now, Lamar's playing at another level. And then I got, yo, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. I got the Seahawks over the Browns. I love what Geno Smith is doing with the Seahawks. See, this is the type of shit we need to be celebrating more. A man who was from team to team finally got his chance. Look at him shining. You gotta understand, he was on both New York teams. He was on the Jets and he was on the Giants. So he heard all that criticism. And now look at him. He's playing well. Sometimes it's all about placement in the NFL. It's about, that's the same thing in life. It's all about where you're put and who is putting that energy into you. So, you see, Pete Carroll loves Gino. He's doing the things that maybe the other coaches for Gino couldn't do for him. They're probably, Pete can probably speak things to him that maybe all those other coaches couldn't. And I love seeing my black brothers fucking succeed in this league. It's hard. And I gotta say this, and I hate that fucking team, the G-Men with a fucking passion, but Tyrod Hill is a fucking 
first black quarterback to win a fucking starting game on the New York fucking Giants. The first black quarterback. See? These type of things that no one thinks about. And these are the type of things we fucking celebrate. And I love that he won that game. And a lot of people say he's playing better than Danny Nichols-Jones. So I love that shit. I love that shit. But, you know, final thoughts I got. Watch One Piece. You know, I always say that. Watch One Piece. Greatest anime of all time. Luffy's about to have a fucking balloon out on <laughs> the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yo, I can't fucking wait because motherfuckers are going to be like, oh, who the fuck is that? But I know they know who he was because I know motherfuckers watch that One Piece Live action on Netflix. But it's great. It's great to see that shit, man. Watch One Piece. Read it. If you don't watch anime, I get it. The anime is long. It's a lot of filler. It, their pacing is fucking terrible. But go read it. And listen... Listen, the Patriots will be back. That's all I have to say. And from your boy, Godfrey Zaza, we signing out. Post-game narratives, we out. Watch One Piece.